Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. You'll realize that God doesn't hate you. If you hated him, yeah, a lot of people have hated God. He doesn't hate you back. He just wants you to see your little boo-boo and stop making the boo-boo. And he wants you to see that he's there and start trusting in, in him instead of doubting him. And start following the guidance that he gives you instead of following the world. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the danger of emotion. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, this is Roland. Welcome. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a sudden realization. I realized that just about every mistake I've ever made was because of emotion. When I stopped to think about the things that I messed up, and this is going to apply to you too, if you look very carefully, you'll see that it's anger, it's impatience, it's hurt feelings, it's resentment, it's excitement, it's a variety of emotions, and yes, even falling in love. When we fall in love, well, don't we make mistakes? Sometimes we do. You know, you've heard of infatuation. And then when you buy something that you don't need, it was under the spell of emotion. You got excited about something or you got all caught up in something. See, when you get caught up in something, you get caught up with a gang, with a group, in a party, at a ball game. Look carefully and you'll see that emotion is involved. If you could just not be angry, not be upset, not be anxious, not be worried, not be resentful, well, then you would make precious few mistakes. You would make precious few mistakes. You might have an idea that's not so good or you're not sure about whether you should do something or not, then you would wait. You would wait calmly, and then eventually you would see whether it's wise or not, whether it's right or not. But when you become emotional, you feel compelled to act. You either rush for it or you run away from it. You lash out or you withdraw. And then you go off and then what emotions do you have when you withdraw? Well, then you have resentment and hurt feelings and feeling sorry for yourself and all that kind of stuff. And then you make mistakes there too. Yeah, you reach for the alcohol bottle or for the marijuana. See what I mean? Or you get angry at one person and then you, you get mad at your parents and you rush off with some guy who's no good just to rebel against them. You know they wouldn't like you going out with him. Then you end up worse off than before. You rebel against one person and you become enslaved to another. And then you resent them and you escape into something else and then you're enslaved there. You have a nice job. I'm just giving you some examples so that you can track with me. Surely some of these examples... You can see how they occurred in your own life. How many people have a decent job, decent pay, decent benefits, decent hours, decent people there, decent everything, and then all of a sudden they get mad about something. They find out that somebody else got paid a little more than they do, or the boss didn't tell them that they were doing a good job or something, and they become angry, and then they storm off and quit. Or storm off and quit and go to work for somebody else, and then they're always worse off. And they, th and they think back and say, oh, man, 
I had a pretty good job. What did I mess that up for? So a lot of people go through life messing everything up. Other people, now look, how many people have a nice wife or husband, nice children, a nice house? Yeah, maybe have a mortgage on it, nice car. Yeah, maybe have to pay some payments on it. Big deal. You have a nice house and a nice car, nice neighbors, and somehow you resent your wife or you resent your husband. And before long, they resent you back and then you start sniping at each other. And before you know it, there's a divorce and everything is ruined. And emotion was involved, wasn't it? It was resentment. It was anger. See? So, have I made my point? Christ said that we should love other people, love God and love other people. Well, if you have love, then you can't hate. They are incompatible. You cannot love and hate at the same time. You cannot love your wife and resent her at the same time. You can't love your husband and secretly judge and resent him at the same time. It's one or the other. Life is very decisive. Christ said you can't ride two horses at one time or shoot two bows at once. No man serves two masters. So life is very decisive. You're either in the kingdom of heaven or, well, maybe you're not in the kingdom of hell, but you're close to it and you can feel it. There it is. That's right. You can feel hell looming up. And how do you get close to the kingdom of hell? By being angry, by being resentment, by judging and hating other people. We're supposed to live in a community of love, where people love each other and don't hate each other, where people are honest with each other and don't lie to each other, where people don't try to do anything to each other. Now, let's talk about how you became emotional. Would you mind terribly? Would you agree with me that emotion is a big problem? And how many people have ulcers, high blood pressure, heart trouble, all kinds of problems, high and low blood sugar and everything? They're angry all the time. They're upset all the time, and one thing leads to another, so I think I've made my point. I think you can agree with me that emotion is a problem. Roland talks about Christianity in a common-sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles. Let me ask you a question. Would it be possible to go through life without being emotional? To be calm? Sure, you could have a twinkle in your eye. Sure, you could be stern at times. Sure, you could speak the truth. Sure, you could, you could have a gentle affection for people. Sure, you could have all of that, and you could have joy and delight, like little children. Little children, they're not filled with resentment and anger and hostility and rage unless they're being pressured. So would it be possible for you to be that way? Happy-go-lucky, cheerful, spontaneous? I think so. And I will give you proof. Okay, so wouldn't that be good if you were, if you were calm? Isn't that what you're... Look, when you were a little child, isn't that what you wanted from your parents? You wanted them to be calm and patient 
and have understanding. But instead, your mom was upset all the time. Your mom was angry at your dad. She wanted something from him he didn't have that he couldn't give her. And your dad was angry all the time and he just, he got silent, just sat there silently, couldn't communicate, was gone a lot. See? But here's proof I'm going to prove to you right now. You say, well, I'm, I got all these emotions in me. I'm going to prove to you right now that it is possible to not be emotional. Think about a decent work situation. A lot of us have a de decent work situation. You have a decent job. You have things to do. And it's, uh, it's mildly fulfilling. You help people. You solve problems. You build things. You deliver things. When you're at work, do you get angry? No. Well, let me put it this way. In order to function at work, when things are going okay at work, do you need to be angry? No. Upset? No. If a customer comes with a problem, you get angry at them. Of course not. You solve their problem. When there's something to do, what do you do? You just do it. See? You can function very nicely for many, many hours a day without being emotional, without being angry, without being upset, without being resentful. So how about at home? Couldn't it be the same at home? Why can't you be at home like you are at work? Kind of calm, kind of happy-go-lucky, kind of good-natured, kind of having a problem-solving orientation, having an attitude of friendly neutrality toward people and saying, here, let me help you. Why can't you have that same attitude at home? Well, you need to look at that. You need to look at it. And of all the people in the world, who are the people that you should be have the most love for, the most patience for, the, the most calmness for, the most understanding for. Isn't it those people in your own family, of course? So let's admit it. You're too emotional. It's causing you problems. So what are you going to do about it? Well, you need to calm down. And that's what all my programs are about. That's what all my books are about. Do you realize I've been on the air now? I think this is my 33rd or, or 34th year on the air. Do you realize I've written over 20 books? Do you realize that I have hundreds of YouTube lectures? Do you realize that I've done all of that? Helped a lot of people, or some people anyway. So you should listen to my program. The time that it's on now is when I'm on, so listen in every time, every week at this time. I'm only on a couple times a week, so you got to take note of when I'm on. But here's the thing. How did it begin? So let's, let's say that you agree. You say, yes, Roland, you're right. I'm angry. I resent my wife. I resent my husband. I'm impatient with my kids. I'm secretly judging people at work, and my boss, uh, my coworker irritates me, and yeah, all right, so what are you going to do about it? Well, let's talk about how it started. How did it start? How did it start that you became so emotional? Instead of being calm, how did that happen? Well, it began when you were a little child. You couldn't help it. You were only a little child. You expected your parents. See, for a child, a father stands in for God. If your father had had patience and long-suffering and wisdom and kindness and courage and all of the noble virtues. If he had been stronger than the world, yeah, and his nobility, his graciousness, 
his long-suffering would have inspired love and respect in your mom and other people. And you would have been okay. Yeah, you might have rebelled a little bit or got angry here and there, but basically you would have been okay. And maybe if you are honest, you'll admit that maybe your dad wasn't all that bad. I mean, some of us had dads were total alcoholics or drug addicts or something, of course, so that's no good. And they were no good. Okay, but maybe you had a dad that was decent. Most of us have dads that were halfway decent. He went to work. He came home. He he was there. He went on vacations. And he was sort of an okay guy, but he was kind of quiet. He was kind of meek. Your mom was kind of in charge. And he was a little bit wimpy. And he wasn't, let me see, how can I say that? He wasn't all that you needed. You needed him to be there for you in a very special way, to represent what is good so well, and to have such nobility of character that there would be absolutely no doubt in your mind that there is good, and there is God for which he which he stood for. He stood for good and represented God, and you respected him for that so much that the things of the world, the peer group pressure and the school pressure and the study pressure and the academic pressure and the sports pressure and the drug pressure and all the pressures of the world, yeah, they would have been there, but wouldn't have been so bad because Dad was stronger than the world. But unfortunately, although your dad was a decent guy, he wasn't quite strong enough. But if he was strong, and he did it in a wrong way, he did it in an angry way. So you resented him for that. So you resented your dad for not being perfect. So you got to knock that off. Don't resent your dad for not being perfect. When he was a little kid, somebody did a number on him. And your mom gave him a hard time, and he, he didn't know how to deal with her. All right, so... How did it begin when you were a little child? It undoubtedly began with injustice. And you got angry at the injustice. So there it started. But the trouble is, anger is an emotion of conditioning. So it conditioned you. It conditioned you to be angry and get upset and vent or to take it out on somebody. Or anger conditioned you to suppress and repress and bottle it all up. But either way, it's not good. There's no place like home for the holidays. But since you can't be with us, listen to Shedding Shackles at home. Shedding Shackles is on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on every week at the same time on this station. Merry Christmas from us here at Shedding Shackles. And remember, keep your joy this holiday season by following your conscience and following your intuition. And you got angry at the injustice, so there it started. But the trouble is, anger is an emotion of conditioning, so it conditioned you. It conditioned you to be angry and get upset and vent or to take it out on somebody 
or anger conditioned you to suppress and repress and bottle it all up. But either way, it's not good. That's where it began, because when you were a little child, I've said this so many times, you could see things and know things wordlessly. No one had to teach you that if somebody stole your thing or something was unfair or somebody was being mean, you just saw it. You saw it. Well, it started with some injustice. And I'm not going to go down a list of possible injustices, but you know, you were accused of something that you didn't do. They treated your brother or sister better than you. Your dad let your mom yell and scream at you and boss you around, and he never said anything. Your parents got a divorce. That was an injustice. Kids at school, they stole your stuff, or they said mean things. They teased you, and they said cruel things, and it's a, it was injustice. And you got angry at the injustice. So there it started. Now, you can't blame people for getting angry at injustice. You couldn't help it. You were only a kid. And beside, you know, you, you weren't quite ready to have a more spiritual approach to things. So you were angry. But the trouble is, anger is an emotion of conditioning. So it conditioned you. It conditioned you to be angry and get upset and vent or to take it out on somebody. Or anger conditioned you to suppress and repress and bottle it all up. But either way, it's not good. So there was that anger. And then if your dad had been there to help to teach you about handling injustice, if he had been there to show you, that would have helped. But maybe he wasn't there. Or maybe, maybe he was helpful, but somehow the resentment got. The injustice got to. You see, it's, everything is unjust. Even sending kids away to school, sending them away to a terrible school system. No, not all schools are terrible, but some are terrible. There's pressures. There's lots of bad things happening. And uh, and if nothing else, there's academic pressure and peer pressure and, and school pressure and drug pressure and study pressure and grade pressure and performance pressure. So even sending a child into that environment is itself an injustice. So there was plenty of injustice, and so you got angry, so that's how it began. And then the injustice, at a certain point, it became resentment, especially when you were falsely accused of something or picked on. Then you start becoming resentful. And when you were resentful, what resentment does is it sensitizes you to the world. You became very sensitive and in your sensitivity, you became even more emotionally upset. And so that's how it began. So now what are you going to do? Well, you have to find a way to become subject to God instead of subject to the world. See, what happens is that when you become upset and angry and resentful and judgmental and you begin to doubt what's right, and you hate people, and you say, well, everybody's getting away with it, so I'll just go ahead and try to get away with it too, since everybody else is. See, when you start to doubt what's right and start to do little wrong things, you become a part of the world, you become adapted to the world, and then you become guilty before conscience. You become guilty before God's inner light of truth, and then you hide from it. So you start to shy away from the light, and that is your biggest mistake. 
Your biggest mistake is shying away from the truth. It'd be much better to just quietly admit in your heart. Quietly admit. When you see that you've been impatient or you hated someone, just see it. Admit it. Bear a little bit of pain for seeing it. And then you'll realize that God doesn't hate you. If you hated him, yeah, a lot of people have hated God. He doesn't hate you back. He just wants you to see your little boo-boo and stop making the boo-boo. And he wants you to see that he's there and start trusting in, in him instead of doubting him. And start following the guidance that he gives you instead of following the world. And what guidance does he give you? He gave you a wonderful gift. Did you know that? God has given you a wonderful gift. And you know what it is? It's intuition. Animals have instincts. God gives animals instincts. He gives humans intuition. And with intuition, you can see, you can know, you can realize, you can understand. And it's a very delicate guidance for you. If you followed your intuition, it would lead you to safety. You would never do wrong things or make mistakes. And you would be protected. And by following your intuition, in other words, always doing what you know is right in your heart, by doing that, you would, you would get God's approval. See, now you want the approval of the world. Now, apart from God, you are, you are very, very needy of, of the support of the world. So if somebody doesn't give you approval, you're stricken. If somebody looks at you funny, you're stricken. If you, uh, if the boss, uh, you know, walks by you, doesn't say good morning, you think, oh my God, am I going to get fired? Did I do something wrong? So you're just desperately craving, desperately needy, 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 needy. And other people sense it, and some of them take advantage of it. But if you had God's approval, then you wouldn't be needy anymore. And you could be your own person, and people would respect you, and you could, you could delicately do what you know is right in your heart, and you would do the right thing and lead a good life. And when you go to bed at night, you'd have the sweet, innocent sleep of a babe and wake up in the morning fresh like when you were a little kid and look forward to meeting the day. Do you look forward to meeting the day now? A lot of times, no, you don't. You're afraid. Oh, my God, I got bills to pay. I got this to do. Wait a minute. Remember, we started by talking about emotion. There's the emotion again. When you think, oh, I've got to do this, and oh, i got to do that. Do you see the emotion there? I don't even know what to name it, but it's not good. You've got to become calmer and less emotional, and, and I can help you. You can listen to Shedding Shackles anytime on your computer or mobile device. Go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the icon Listen. Roland talks about Christianity in a common sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles. You can support Shedding Shackles by making a generous donation to help us help other people. To donate using safe and secure PayPal, go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, 
voiceheadingshackles.us and click on the donate icon. Yeah, I can help you. How do I help you? By talking about it. See, I'm awakening you to your intuition. Remember I talked about intuition, how you can see and know and realize, well, when I talk, don't you realize? Don't you see as I say it? Don't you see it? Well, that's your intuition. How do you see it? A monkey sitting there couldn't see it. Someone who doesn't want to see it won't see it. Somebody who's angry won't see it. But you can see it. You can say, yes, I'm too emotional. Yes, I resent my partner. I'm impatient with my kids. Yes, I'm needy for people approval. Yeah, so how are you going to, you got to become a friend of God. Instead of being a friend of the world, become a friend of God. And God told you how, he's told you how to do it. How do you do it? You become still. He said, God said, be still. Learn how to be still. As a matter of fact, I actually help people learn how to be still. That's right. If you go to my listener call-in phone line, I have a little, a little, I call it meditation. You could call it whatever you want. You could call it a prayer. You could call it anything you want. But it's a way of being still. Instead of being angry, instead of being lost in your thoughts, instead of being lost in emotions, you stand back a little bit and be still. You learn how to be still with your soul. That's it. Be still with your soul. Watch the thoughts go by. Watch the emotions come and go. Just because an emotion rises, you don't have to delve into it and fall into it and indulge it. You don't. Just because a thought is there, who knows where the thought came from? Just watch it. Don't struggle with it. Don't try to repress it. Don't try to do anything with it. Just see that it's there and it'll flit away and it'll be gone. Learn how to be still with your soul. And I have actually a little eight-minute meditation, you could call it, that's helpful, very helpful. Helpful for anyone, but especially for Christians, people who want to do what's right and who want to do what Christ said, but somehow it's not happening in their life. It could help you. It could help you to be still, and you can find God. That's all. I give it away. I give it away. It's free. So call the listener call-in number, 510-455-8851. Once again, the number to call if you want to hear the meditation is 510-455-8851. Yeah, you hear it. Listen to it. You'll see it's very simple and harmless, and then you can even give it a try. 510, here it is, write it down, 510-455-8851. It could do you a world of good. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.